This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Welcome back to the Ask Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined by my co-host John and this week we are talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. What a title. I thought you were about to sing the theme. I am working on a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles musical but it's not ready for public consumption just yet. Oh my god a musical that would be interesting. There's a Spongebob musical. Oh yeah I mean anything's possible. But anyway I remember watching the movie. Do you remember the movie? Ages ago like before. The 2014 one? No, this is a really no. old one. Oh, no. oh, okay. the 2007 one, I think. Yes. Maybe. Do you yes. remember that? Yeah. I had that on DVD. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. I remember that. I was watching it. I was like, yo, this is this is peak cinema. Like, when I was watching it, I was at Morton Scarsese. I was just watching it. I went on holiday, and one of my mum's friends had a projector, and I watched that film on loop on the projector, 2007 version one. That sounds amazing, though. I just looked into the cast list for the 2007 one. Oh my god, this is this is stacked. Chris Evans, Nolan North, what? And John DiMaggio. It's kind of stacked, you know. Once you see a film, you're like, I know these actors. I I know them. and Patrick Stewart. What? Uh, I remember watching Lawrence Fishburne as the narrator. Okay. No. I remember recently on Twitter I saw a clip from that movie and it was like I think it was Leonardo and Raphael arguing on a rooftop and it was raining. I remember watching it and just being like, wow this really like you know, the cast you can you can yeah you can really feel like the passion and it was such a well composed scene it was awesome yeah it was so awesome yeah i would love to rewatch that movie because yeah. like i'm with you i remember it being so good and the 2014 one and the 2016 or 17 one the, the live action ones they weren't the best and so i was really hoping i remember when i saw the trailer for this film for mutant mayhem i thought to myself oh my god this could genuinely be a really really fantastic adaptation of the turtles and it really is i was really impressed by this movie full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it briefly explain the plot for those who don't know okay after years of being sheltered from the human world the turtle brothers set out to win the hearts of New Yorkers and be accepted as normal teenagers. Their new friend, April O'Neil, helps them to take on the mysterious crime syndicate, but they soon get in over their heads when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. like a mutant mayhem. Oh, uh, <laughs> How kooky. Uh, uh, <laughs> what did you think of this movie? I was just so amazed by the animation. It is amazing when animation evolves and then when an animation studio has its own spin, you know, with its animation style and, you know, with its world and how do you want the audience to be pulled in into this world? This is what this movie's done. This was just so realistic with the humans, you know, because once you see the humans in this film, they're not exactly perfect, but like the face is not balanced. It's kind of like what we're getting the perspective from the turtles, like, oh, the human world is scary. And with April, the only friendly character. And then, yeah, I was just amazed by how colorful it was with its style. And yeah, it's, you know, with Spider-Verse, you got that whole... I don't know how to explain it. It's just so different and, you know, engaging to see when animation studio had this style. So 
yeah, I was just really amazed by that. That's just the one thing that really took away. Yeah, I mean, you really can't quantify at this point the impact that Spider-Verse had. It has just changed everything like you know i've, I've mm. said this so many times this year but we are getting treated with the animated content that we've had we are you know eating. Where we are eating like last week we talked about suzume and a couple weeks before that we talked about elemental and obviously earlier we talked about across the spider-verse and we didn't talk about puss in boots but puss in boots was also fantastic these films that keep on coming out and keep on just being these animated wonders like this movie was so well realized and what i kind of loved about it was that it was disgusting like it wasn't afraid to be just yeah. really Really that was the word. Yeah. Yeah. and like gruesome and it kind of reminded me of something like now this is this may be a deep cut for british kids but fleabag monkey face it reminded me of that show oh my god remember i remember yeah. that i remember that yeah. that was that was a weird show but yeah i remember that that deeply reminded me of that with the humans and with the mutants as well in that show you know yeah right like the whole thing of fleabag monkey face is that these two kids kind of like throw a load of how was this on dis- tv it was mad it was great. <laughs> they throw some like disgusting stuff stinky stuff and like you know bodily fluids down a toilet and out comes Fleabag Monkey Face, this kind of really like disgusting creature. And it reminded me a lot of that, like all of like the ooze and you know, like you can kind of feel like all like the smells of everywhere. And even the humans all like, they don't look pretty. They all look ugly and weird and all the mutants. The film doesn't shy away from just being ugly and disgusting. And I think yeah. that's for the best. Like yeah. this movie is a beautifully animated movie but is also just really disgusting. And I think that is a strength that it has, that it doesn't feel like anything else. And while watching it, it feels so distinct in its world. And that was just so fantastic. Yeah, and they really brought in the idea of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, like these characters. It really brought me back. I forgot about these characters like Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, and Michelangelo. And like, these are the characters that, you know, I kind of grew up with. And it was like really cool to see, you know, these are Ninja Turtles. And yeah, just very nostalgic in a way of like, you know, when films reboot or do a sequel, they might do nostalgia bait with that. But no, this was just like really nice to bring that back with like, you know, what was the Ninja Turtles really and the banter with everybody in the group. And it was just like, yeah, this is the group that is really cool. So yeah, with the characters, I thought it was just a very self-realized world. I thought it was just great dynamic between the characters. It's just like a really crazy family of brothers. One of my favorite moments in the film was when they're watching a film. It was various spoilers day off and how they wanted to get in the human world. It hits that emotional beat. Yeah, wh- when I left the cinema, the thing that I was the most kind of astounded by was they nailed the dynamic between the turtles. I was just so impressed. That whole kind of like family dynamic was perfect. Yeah. They all felt like brothers. Every one of them felt distinct in their personalities. And they felt like kids as well. They felt like teenagers. Their whole dynamic is something that the film depends on so much. If you don't get them right, then the film kind of falls apart. But they really did manage to get them so very special. Spot on. And I was so happy because, you know, I was watching this movie and I was like, sure, the animation looks great, but what we need is I want to really feel for the turtles and I I want this movie to build these characters really well. And they did do. I really felt, especially like, you know, immediately from like the second scene in the movie, you can feel 
how alive they are, how real they are. Like they are making constant pop culture references. I got two. I got two of the pop culture references. You know, well, out of the... out of all of them. Well, no, not out of all of them. <laughs> But like there was the said Keanu Reeves meme yes. in the briefing room, and then okay, you might not see this Tom, but on Raphael's is it Raphael? Okay, which color? Uh, which color? Purple. Oh, Donatello. Donatello. Okay, on Donatello's weapon, there's a sticker, and that sticker is from an anime called Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm like, oh cool, there's my boy Gojo. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. And then the reference Attack on Titan for the main story as well, which is pretty cool because Attack on Titan it is an insane story. It's pretty cool when they reference, you know, some other animation. Yeah, you can see the influences of anime kind of all over the movie. And you reminded me something there. First of all, this is it's just a really funny movie with the dynamic between the brothers and with Splinter and with most of the characters. It is just really funny. And, you know, there's a lot of gross out humor, like with April vomiting everywhere. And that I think, you know, in another movie might not have worked. Like, I remember when we talked about Babylon at the beginning of the year, one of our criticisms was that sometimes it went so gross out and it went so disgusting, it kind of felt totally inconsistent. But this movie, did you? Yeah. Amazing. How did it hold? It's not the same in the cinema. That is the problem. It's not in the same in the cinema. Because then you feel like, oh, God, I get it now. But there are some really scenes that was kind of relevant, you know, with the right strike, you know, like how Mm. big business owners are trying to, you know, take away the creativity and like, I'm the CEO, so I deserve more money. Yeah, Mm. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, everyone listening, support the strikes and also go watch Babylon. Those are your two, (laughs) that's your two pieces of homework today. That is relevant today. So I was like, damn. This is quite hitting today. So anyway, yeah, so we have to go into existential. It's all tangents today. Oh, my but God. I, I, you know, I loved I loved all the comedy and not every single one of the pop culture references landed. And I do think the film might not age as well because of how much it's relying on references from now, even stuff that I didn't understand. You know, Ready Player One? Yes. I don't have any references is gone in that film. But oh, so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, so it's I'm like, pretty sure know, the turtles are literally in Ready Player One. They are. They are. I think so. I don't know how they but, got the awards for everything for that film. Spielberg did it. <laughs> Spielberg. The best joke in this movie was Donatello's bow staff. There are so many great moments. <laughs> like, so what I found really interesting about this movie that's kind of different from others is that the turtles have never actually fought anyone before. They're not just like immediately amazing in battle. Like they have these ninja skills, but they've never actually gone up against people. So at the beginning, they kind of are scared to go up. And there's just these great moments where Donatello's just like guys guys i literally have a stick they have guns and i have a stick like and it's just really really funny because like that is genuinely something that you know like you think about like you know the idea that the rest of them they've got like swords and nunchucks and knives and then he's just there with a stick and it's just like what's is it what am i gonna do with this stick and i think that was just really really funny that they were just you know making fun of themselves but also kind of making Mm. it relevant to the plot and the character moments and it it adds to their character too and that's just all so amazing yeah i really liked how the animation style was helping with the fight scenes as well it was like very engaging it was very smooth and one of my favorite jokes in the film was splinter showed the turtles how to fight with a video guide (laughs) And it was great. Yeah. You know, how did they get into fighting, really? You know, like, it all relied on a video guide on how to fight. And, you know, they watched some karate films as well. You can see it in the fight scenes as well, how they use that. 
And also, there was a lot of music, you know, like they add in the mixtape or soundtrack to the songs and they add in everything in that. So it kind of gave me flashbacks to like Mario, you know, like they played Take On Me randomly in... Oh my God, um, yeah. Yeah. So I was like worried of like, oh no, I hope they're not going to overplay a lot of songs in the film, Mm. over fight scenes and stuff. Yeah, a lot of the movie is kind of like culture based and, you know, like a lot of what the turtles are fascinated about the human world is our culture. And I think that using those songs kind of added to that level, as do all of the references in the movie. And again, you know, who knows how that will age. And even if it doesn't all hit, I can see the intent behind it. I love how in the the flashback scenes, it's very 80s and very kind of 90s. Like, it's so different to what we get in the rest of the movie. Like, Splinter has, like, a mustache and, like, an afro kind of mullet going on. (laughs) I love that. And Yeah, absolutely. And the design of everything is different. As you say, with, like, the karate videos, like, it all kind of evokes this certain era, which is just really fun to kind of see those two eras working together. Yeah. And one of the fight scenes that I loved so much was one where they're trying to find Superfly. And so they're, like, breaking into and beating up, like, every level of the different gangs throughout New York and I'm pretty sure they're referencing old boy no, I haven't seen Old Boy, oh, but I think I think like oh, that's the I kind of idea are. they're referencing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's you're one right. continuous like tracking shot that's kind of going along a room and it keeps on cutting between four different fight scenes where each of the turtles are like beating up different gang members, but the camera continuously goes along, so it kind of looks like it's a one continuous shot and it, it, it really works so well. So. Yeah, no, that really makes me think, oh right, I should go and check that movie out because that looks awesome. And yeah. I just loved that, like, in the action, they were just, like, having all these nice references. Like you're saying, they're referencing anime as well. And I love that kind of stuff and how, at the end of the day, the things that you've got to get right about the turtles are the four key points. They're teenagers, they're mutants, they're ninjas, and they're yeah. turtles. Like, you got to get all of that down. I think that this movie gets them down so well. You know, with the mutation, and as I was saying, how much how gross the movie is, how disgusting it is, with the teenagers, with their whole bond and their dynamic, and with the ninjas, like, the action scenes, mm. and with the turtles... I don't know, they've got shells, like, <laughs> but it still, it evokes the whole thing, and... Yeah, it's just wholesome as well, you know, like, the banter, and they used some of the social media language as well, you know, that's pretty it cool. Felt, you know, it just done. felt organic, it felt real, it yeah, felt like, you really know, they all cool. care for each other, but they also bicker like siblings, and I think each of them are unique and different, like, Raphael has just this crazy berserker rage and Leonardo is a bit of a stickler for the rules and kind of a suck up to Splinter and you know obviously like Donatello is kind of the most introverted and like in himself and Mikey is kind of maybe the most goofy like they all do feel so distinct and I have a big question for you John who is your favorite turtle? Michelangelo. Nice. Okay. Okay. I'm a I'm a Leonardo fan over here, but oh, okay. uh, I I, f- okay. I feel like whoever your favorite is, you're gonna be pleased because I think the movie does all yeah. of them justice, and also like the wider TMNT law is also recognized quite a bit with all the different oh, mutants. Oh yeah. If I have like one big criticism of the movie, I think there are too many mutants. There's so many. Yeah, true. I can't even remember half of them. But we've got Bebop, we've got Rocksteady, we've got Superfly, and we've got the Lizard guy. Like there are loads of them, and they're all really cool and I kind of wish that they were in it a bit more so we could kind of see them a bit better but I really liked how the movie explores this idea of mutants and how they feel about society and you know like there's a bit where they're trying to save the city at the end and the city all hates them the city thinks they're part of the problem and it's kind of emblematic of their treatment by humans throughout until Uh, April I'm sorry if you're hearing that I'm sorry if you're hearing this. What is that? That is dog. Dogs. Sorry. Dogs. Dogs. Oh my god, it's dogs. Um, He's been attacked by dogs. <laughs> help. Oh my god. I mean, I mean, has it stopped? Yes, it stopped. Yeah. Um, fantastic. I'm sorry. Continue. Wow. No, I was attacked by like, dogs. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, 
I think that that all kind of fit really well. And as you were saying, the end, they went full attack on Titan and just had like Superfly become this huge mutant creature. And it kind oh of being God. almost, it almost that a bit Godzilla insane. as well. The way that he was attacking the city and the way that they were kind of trying to, and then you get a very, very great moment where all of the people of New York, all the humans help the mutants. And it's this brilliant kind of cathartic moment. It reminded me very much of Spider-Man 1 when all the citizens come in and help him. Like it, it really worked. It really worked. Yeah. Especially like with its crazy transformation as well. And with the animals sticking on to him, it was like, oh my God, that, okay, I'm going to have nightmares after that. So they really brought in that really nightmare effect on Superfly. And it's kind of crazy. It's like, this film is kind of like, you know, we got Guardians 3 this year and it's like very animal friendly. It's aware about that. So we got two animal friendly aware, you know, like, saving animals so mm, yeah that's a good point actually <laughs> yeah almost almost it's like there's a bit of reach john but no no uh it's it's there you know like you can see it it's like you know it's giving this awareness about animals and yeah it's something that it's trying to give us you know this social context with indigenous animals i really like you know how he was trying to go for that there's one thing that i was surprised with Paul Wood plays the gecko in this film. No, does he? Amazing. Okay, because I thought it was Andy Samberg. You know what? I think I might have also thought it was Andy Samberg doing the gecko. Yeah, I was like, that's got to be Andy Samberg. Because there's no way that anyone could be chill or be that gecko. You know, like, he's really chill and, you know, like, hey, what's up, dude? And then Hannibal Burns, he plays Genghis Frog. Tom? He does. He he does. Sorry, I was putting the towel back on. He does. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gents, I'm still under the towel. And whenever oh John's speaking, God. I turn my mic on mute and I just kind of take it off and I just kind of look wistfully into the distance. <laughs> you'd be like, you'd be hearing me. I'd be like, animal birds is the Genghis frog. And you'd be like, put the towel back on. And you're just like, oh, no, uh, oh shit, yeah, shit. Um, <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, yes. Yeah. You've also got Seth Rogen and John Cena as Bebop and Rocksteady. The rhinos, right? Yeah, the rhino and the warthog. Yeah. Yes. And I'm pretty yeah. sure, now I don't have the cast in front of me, but it, does Jamie Foxx play Superfly? He voice acted? Um, okay, it's not Jamie Foxx. Who is it's it? It's Ice Cube. Oh, what? I did not know Holy... he voice acted that well. Amazing. I gotta say, that was some really good voice acting. The whole cast wow. is stacked. Like, the Doctor at the beginning, not in it very much, but that's Giancarlo Esposito. Literally yeah. just like, he literally gets like five lines and it's just like, boom, <laughs> there he is. I think that kind of stuff is, is is genuinely just crazy. But also you've got some really great, you know, like new talent. You've got all of like yeah. the kids who play the turtles and they, as I say, they are like the crooks of the movie. They do amazingly. And also Ayoeda Beery as April. Oh. Just like oh, she, she, the goat, <laughs> the goat herself. She is in so much at the moment. It's genuinely insane. I really hope Bottoms is released she in the is. UK. She's getting loads of films like she's yeah, and everything like in the bear bottoms. Mm. She was in theater camp. Oh, was she? Yes, yes, yes. I haven't yes. seen that yet. Yeah, it is funny. I watched it during the film festival. So, All yeah, right. that was... Pl- plug your film festival right there. Name drop. No, no, not my um, film festival. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Oh, welcome to John's film festival. We're going to watch <laughs> Mission Impossible ten times over. Oh, my God. Um, Just Memento. Mission Impossible. Just Mission Impossible and Memento one time. But anyway, I thought this was a really fun film. You know, this yeah, is I agree. so energetic, so emotional. There were some really mm. good emotional beats in there. But overall, yeah, this is kind of nostalgic for me. So I'm glad that they really, you know, fully realized that this is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. So this is like what, what the turtles are. 
and it's a really round up nice ending to it really so yeah, yeah. i agree i would 100 see more from this universe if they want to do a sequel i think that would be really oh cool God. i think that these people <gasps> understand the turtles like name? i think that'd be so good are you thinking of shredder or krang yes shredder oh my god yeah, yeah. yes Oh, yes, yes, they could totally yes. do Shredder. Yeah, oh like there's God. there's so many places they could go. They could introduce <laughs> Casey Jones, any of that. Like there's a lot you can do. And I think that, yeah. you know, this is a universe that is, is off They're to a really good game. start. Are they? They're going to do a game of oh, that sounds Teenage. Cool. It's called The Last Samurai, I think. Oh, no. Oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. But yes, I know the one you mean, actually. Yes. Yeah. It's based off the comic where it's there's only one turtle left, but the identity of the turtle is a mystery. Okay. okay. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> in the case of Mutant Mayhem, what are you going to give it out of 10? I'm going to say 8 out of 10. Fantastic. Me too, and... That is it from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. And also, it's for the very first episode of the fourth year of the podcast. Yay! So here we are. We begin the fourth are. year. And eagle-eyed viewers may notice that we look a little bit different. And that oh. is because we have completely rebranded our look. We now have a new profile picture and a new banner and a kind of new kind of vibe. It's, we've kind of got like a bit of gold. And <gasps> yes, that's us as cartoons there. Lightsaber dueling and also as Marty McFly and Leonard Shelby. That is courtesy of our amazing thumbnail person, Zayn Afzal, who is just has been hard at work for it's so insane. long making these. So, and so cool. I love absolutely. It. I love and yeah. And so, you know, we've been wanting to do this for a while. And so it's great that we can finally do this. And yes. yeah, I, let's hope it's emblematic of, of some great things to come in year four. Yes. Thank you everybody for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you enjoyed it, you can give us a like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. And next week, we're going to be doing Nimona, which I'm really excited for. Another amazing animated oh movie. God. I'm watching so much animated stuff this week. because uh, You're being I, fed, I John. You're being fed. I finished a show called Code Geass, which I've been like wanting to watch for a long time. And then I was like, oh God, this is going to be such a terrible end. But no, it was like one of the best endings to a show I've seen. So I've been saying so, so much emotional stuff, but with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I was like, oh, that's good. And then the stress of the live action one piece, I was like, oh God, this is going to be terrible. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm eating a lot. So yeah. You're having a good time. And in the next couple of weeks, there's not a whole lot of new stuff coming out in the UK. So we're going to be re doing some stuff that we missed out on, such as Nimona. We're going to be doing John Wick 4. We're going to be doing Dodgers and Dragons. And yeah, and then we're going to be rolling into some of the stuff coming out later this year. Also very exciting. Very and excited. Very. Yeah. So, and you can send us an email at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Nimona and ask us any questions, and we'll answer it right here on the podcast next week. And you can follow us on Instagram, AskTimeFilmPod, to see our incredible thumbnails from Zayn Afzal. On Twitter, for more thoughts from me and TikTok, she edited clips, which are also on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. And you can find links to all that in the description below. Thanks to Eljo's Mayor for the excellent theme and Rona Phillips vocals, as always. And I think that is everything. That is everything. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We enjoyed talking about Mutant Mayhem. So, yeah. Take away given. Thank you for the oh, thank you for the music, uh, everyone. Uh, not everyone. Uh, <laughs> Every single person. Thanks for the music. Thank let's you just, for the music. Let's just I'm... sing Abba's thank you. Thank you for the music. Uh, no, the thank songs you for the thumbnail. Thank you for the music. Thank thanks you. for all the joy they're bringing. Who can live without it? 
I ask in a lot. Keep on talking, John. On uh, honesty, yes. what would um, I be without a song or a dance? I am enjoying the One Piece live action, I so... Say thank you uh, for the music, yeah, for um, giving it to I, I, I have a water bowl next to me, so I'm just going to drink this water bowl. So, uh, <laughs> I'm done. Don't worry, I'm done. Oh, you're done? Oh, okay. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> God, we've got to make these outros less long. I feel I like don't people know are going to tune out. These outros are going to be oh, good. either crazy. Oh, the last time we did a crazy outro. Oh, God, there we go. Andor. Yeah. Yes, well, that's true. We definitely went for it for that one. We were like, one way out. One way yeah. That was almost a year ago. Let's not think oh about God. that. Why does time have to feel painful? Yes, good, good question. Anyway, let's not get existential. How can I see time now? <laughs> no! <laughs> take us out. Um, Please, take take us out. Take, take out us the out. dog. Wait, 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 we're in one co- what context. Anyway, okay, man. take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye. One way out, one way out. Oh, no, one way out. <laughs>